And then during the week, I, I didn't feel peace about that message. And I just felt, no, I think that there's something far more relevant to preach on. And that is disappointment. There seems to be so much disappointment um, at the present time everywhere I go. And so I've entitled the message this morning, Disappointment, Doorway to Life or Doorway to Death. Have you ever had a day when you feel like everything or everybody is ganging up against you, conspiring to make your life as painful and as miserable and just plain disappointing? And sometimes it just seems that the disappointments of life are aimed at you. Here's a true story. You might feel a bit better about your disappointments after hearing this story. Brian Heiss from Provo, Utah had a really disappointing day. First, his apartment became flooded from a broken pipe in the apartment above his. His manager told him to go rent a water vacuum. That's when he discovered that he had a flat tire. He changed it, went inside again to phone a friend for help, but standing in the water and grabbing the phone, the electrical shock he got so startled him that he accidentally ripped the phone off the wall. By the time he was ready to leave, water damage had swirled his door jammed shut and he had to yell for a neighbour to come and kick the door down. While this was all going on, somebody stole Brian's car. However, the car was almost out of gas, so he found it a few blocks away, but he still had to push it to a gas station to fill up. That evening, Brian Heiss attended a military ceremony at his university, and he injured himself severely when he somehow sat on his bayonet, which had been tossed on the front seat of his car. Well, doctors were able to stitch up his wound, but no one was able to resuscitate Brian's falconaries who were crushed by falling plaster from the wet apartment ceiling. When he got back from the university, Brian Heiss slipped on the wet carpet and injured his tailbone. And he said, I began to wonder if God wanted me dead but just kept missing. <laughs> And that thought process of blaming God is the disappointment that actually leads to death. And many times when people experience bitter, deep disappointment, they blame God. And then they progress down a doorway or through a doorway, a path of death. But the simple fact of life is disappointment is an unavoidable part of life. And it's characterised by feelings of sadness, loss, anger, frustration. And it's not always easy to deal with. Thursday night, I went to the toilet about 2am, 2, 2 like a lot of old blokes do. And I take my phone so I can see. I use the light of my phone. And then I usually look up to see the latest news. And I thought I'd just check out my data on, on Telstra. So I pressed Telstra and out came this message. You can have added security if you so choose. And all you have to do is push this button. 
And I clicked the button. And then I thought, oh man, I think I have just been scammed. And the next day I rang Telstra and I spent about an hour on the phone to Telstra and they said, you've been scammed. You better ring up your bank. So I spent another hour getting through to the bank and explaining everything. And oh man, you know, I was really disappointed. I was disappointed. I was angry. I was angry at myself, disappointed that I was so dumb to click on one of those messages that I've seen a million times. And I thought, oh, you know, just little things can really knock us around and ruin our day and rob us of life. And then last night, my wife went to Woolies to get some apples for Sunday school today and she comes in the door and she goes, you just wouldn't believe what I've done. I've crashed the car. And they're doing roadworks across the bridge and they've put in these barriers and just made a narrow path. And she sideswiped the road barrier. And she was really disappointed. I'm a terrible driver. And I said, yeah, you are, but um, look, <laughs> that is true. But it's, it's not the end of the world. And I spoke God's truth and God's wisdom, truth and reality to lift off the disappointment. And I spoke words that God taught me to speak in times of disappointment. And that disappointment, which was so huge after I spoke really God's words of truth and encouragement, um, the disappointment just went. And she was able to function through the night and function today. And I'll tell you what those words are a little later. So what do you do when you're facing overwhelming disappointment? One of the names of God is Jehovah Nissi, which means I am the God who is your refuge. I am the God who is your refuge. And one of the great examples of this is uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And the story goes that three enemy nations of Israel decided to team up against Israel and go to war. They were all trying to join together at the same time and attack Israel. And the king at the time was Jehoshaphat. And the odds against him were three to one. And you would think that this would be a story of defeat and devastation and disappointment. But Jehoshaphat beat the odds because he sought God for wisdom, strength and guidance. He encouraged everyone to fast and pray. In other words, he encouraged intimacy with God, to get close with God. And then, last of all, he chose a path, a path of faith and life, rather than a path of fear and death. And how did he do that, that last one? By praying words of faith out loud. And this is what he prayed, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 6. You are powerful and mighty, no one can stand against you. Now, God doesn't put these stories in the Bible just to teach us history lessons. These are principles that teach us how to handle the deep disappointments of life. Now, some of you may be facing financial disappointments. You know, you, you missed a promotion 
or COVID closed down your workplace and you've had to depend on the doll. Some may be facing relationship disappointments. Your child started taking drugs, your teenager took off with um, an alcoholic or someone who was uh, not a person that you would choose for your child. Um, and maybe you fell in love with a uh, beautiful young woman and you thought you were going to marry her and she said, no, sorry, I don't feel that I'm right for you. That when I was 20 years old, I fell in love with this girl called Jane in the public health department. And I just thought Jane was it. I mean, I just had never fallen in love like I fell in love with Jane. And I dated Jane. And then the public health department asked me to go and work in the Northern Territory for three months, x-raying Indigenous people on an x-ray team. I wasn't doing the x-raying. I was doing the admin. And I came back and Jane was engaged to another man, a man of money, a doctor. I was so disappointed that I broke out in shingles at 20 years of age. Man, little things, little disappointments can knock us around. Others may be facing sickness and health disappointments. Uh, last year I discovered that I had a cancer on my nose and the, the doctor said you've got to go to a surgeon, you have to go to have plastic surgery and I was so disappointed. I thought, man, so handsome and now I'm going to be ugly. And I was disappointed and I just had to say, oh well, I've had, you know, 72 years of being good looking and so if the rest of my life is ugly, that's life, I think. Um, but no, it wasn't a joke at the time. I just felt my whole heart sink when I was told, you got cancer. And you're going to have to have your nose opened up and cut out the cancer. Oh, disappointment. So what do you do when you're facing disappointments? And we all face them. None can avoid disappointments. Number one is do not trust in your own understanding. Don't trust in your own understanding. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. So we should trust God with our whole heart, because there's a lot of things we don't know, we don't understand, um, we don't see. But God knows it all, he sees it all, and God knows what's on the road ahead. So it says, look to him, lean on God. These five kings got together and uh, got a huge army against Israel. Jehoshaphat went to prayer. And this is what he said in prayer. He said, God, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. A wonderful prayer. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know the answer. But my eyes are on you. And I pray.
pray that prayer constantly. So the king said, I don't have the wisdom, but God, you do. So we need to say the same as King Jehoshaphat when facing disappointments. Some years ago, probably about 10 years ago now, my wife and I own a property and we lease it to tenants. And no, it's probably 15, 20 years ago now, to tell you the truth. And we were leasing our, our property to some used car dealers. And things went okay for some time and we got our rent. And then after some years, the rent became haphazard and I was being paid with checks that bounced. And finally, the conditions of the lease were broken and the lease lapsed because of the broken conditions. So the two managers or um, owners of the used car dealership came to me and they were crooks. I mean, they had terrible reputation. They were real crooks. But they said, Ray, we need somewhere else to rent and so would you give us a six-month lease just to get us through until we can find another place. And I go, and they said, and we'll pay you all the money we owe you. And I go, ah, okay. So I went and saw a lawyer. The lawyer said, no, no, we can make sure they don't pull any Swifties. I did something you should never do, and that is believe a lawyer. And so I said, okay. I gave them a six-month lease, but they slightly changed their name. So it looked like it actually became another company. And then they said, sorry, we're not going to pay you. We're going to take you to court because you've only given us a lease for six months. And the minimum lease is four years. They took me to court. I tried to do them good. That court case lasted three years. It cost me $150,000. The lawyer said, don't worry about the money. You'll get two-thirds of it back. They didn't tell me that in cases like this, people just go bankrupt so they don't have to pay you. Oh my goodness, and I was so disappointed. They lied about my wife and myself. They were just crooks. They have been struck off, being they're not allowed to be um, managers or run businesses anymore. You can read the whole story on Google um, on these crooks that stole people's cars and didn't pay their bills and had bounce checks. Um, yes, I, I won the court case, but I lost uh, $100,000. Well, I tell you, in the midst of this, that when they were lying and, you know, I'm running out of money and, and it was just a terrible um, situation. I had to borrow money 
And I started to get evil thoughts, really bad thoughts. I started to dream of pulling out my shotgun, walking into their office and blasting them away. I thought to myself, man, I am going to lose my house. I'm going to lose everything. Um, I was stressed out of my brain. Um, I mean, disappointment, really. It was just heartbreaking, to tell you the truth. And then one day, in the midst of this mess, my son Matthew, who's now pastoring at Bulwa, his best friend, going to work in the morning on a foggy morning, ran into the back of a rubbish truck. And they have these big forks on the back that they lift rubbish up. And the big forks went straight through his window screen and smashed him in the face and head. And his whole face was shattered. He was unrecognisable. They would not let his fiancée see him. When she came in, they covered him with a sheet because they said, you won't be able to handle this. You, he's not recognisable. Um, you'll be devastated emotionally. We cannot let you see him. And they reconstructed his face. And so um, Matthew Button, uh, he is uh, fellowshipping in Lifehouse Murray Bridge uh, with his now wife and kids. Um, but his whole face was reconstructed with metal. And, but at that time, um, his parents, Rick and Dawn, were our best friends. And this thought came into my mind, and I believe it was God. And God said to me, if you had to choose between losing everything, letting go your, you know, your, your property, your rental property, losing your house... If you had to choose between losing your house, your rental property, or having your son go through what Matthew Button went through, what would you choose? And I thought, there's no question. There's, there's, this is not even, this doesn't even take a, a, a single thought. I thought to myself, I would rather lose everything. I'd rather lose my property, my house, my car, even my dog, rather than have my son go through that trauma and my wife and myself go through the trauma like Rick and Dawn Button went through when their son was just annihilated. They thought he would suffer brain damage. They thought it was impossible that he would come through this without brain damage, but he has no brain damage at all. And so I came up with a saying, if that's the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm a blessed man. And so here I am. I'm just so disappointed and anxious and angry over the potential loss, or over the loss of $150,000, a potential loss of my house, my, my car. Here I was, stressed out over it. And I thought, hey, there are people coming home today to be met by a policeman at the door to say, 
Your son, your daughter, has committed suicide today. Well, they've been killed in a car accident. Um, I was in the doctors and um, arranging for a colonoscopy, and this lady was um, waiting for an appointment, sitting alongside me. And as she went getting ready for the appointment, she said to the nurse about how her and her husband they were just about to retire, and they just bought a great big caravan and a car. And oh, she was so happy. She went into the surgeon's office and she came out in tears and she said I've got the big C I've only got months to live you know I think of stories like that and I think hey, losing $150,000 a car, a house a dog if that's the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm a blessed man so Don't look at what, uh, if that's the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm a blessed man. Secondly, learn to be grateful for what you have. Learn to be grateful for what you have. Colossians 3 verse 15, and always be thankful. Always be thankful. You know, one of the healthiest emotions to heal the soul is the attitude of gratitude. The more you fill your life with gratefulness, thanksgiving, gratitude, the healthier you're going to be emotionally, mentally and physically. If you're depressed, disappointed, anxious and angry, what you need to do is count your blessings. In 1989, when I was pastoring in the Christian Family Centre in Seaton with Pastor Bill Vasilakis, I worked myself into a mental, emotional and physical exhaustion in ministry and in business. And I had an emotional breakdown. Um, I was 2IC at Seton. I was the marriage counselling pastor. I was the youth pastor. And I was preaching at least once a month. And... My dad had a stroke and so I took over running the family business which was a shopping centre and houses and flats, units. And I was supply manager of the South Australian Dental Service in addition to everything I was doing in the Seaton Christian Family Centre out every night at meetings, marriage counselling, youth meetings, etc. And I was burning the candle at both ends. And then... The cream on the cake was my uncle took court action, legal action against me because he accused my dad of embezzling $2,000 from the family business and he accused me of covering it up. And man, I was so disappointed. I offered my uncle, I said, look, I'll just pay you $2,000 out of my own pocket provided you don't tell my dad because he will be angry at you for even suggesting such a thing. He said, oh, so you pay me $2,000, will you? That's an admission of guilt. And on he went, flat out. And I had two detectives come to my door. I was home, sick. 
I was not a, I was not in a well state. As I said, I was just in an emotional breakdown state. And these two detectives turn up and they go, we're here on the orders of your uncle and who's accused you of embezzling and dishonesty in business and uh, can we come in? And I'm literally shaking. <laughs> oh man, I was traumatised, disappointed, man. Anyway, these two policemen sit down and said, um, we have actually recognised that this legal case is a result of your uncle's jealousy of you being appointed to run the family business. And so we are going to actually help you show that you're innocent. And so we are going to take you through a whole lot of questions and tell you how to answer them. And then we're going to officially turn on the tape recorder and but if you tell anyone, we will just deny. If you tell anyone that we have helped you, we'll say no. He's lying. So this is totally confidential. I said, sure, sure, this is confidential. And so they showed me what to say and they had a whole list of questions and then they did it officially on a tape recorder. And um, cut a long story short, I won. And um, my uncle lost. But, again, I thought I was going to lose everything in a court case and, you know, at the time I, I was so in such a state I resigned as a pastor. Bill Vasilakis put the resignation in his filing cabinet, wouldn't accept it. Um, I. I felt like a failure as the youth pastor because I was praying and believing for 200 and I only had 90 in the youth group and so I felt like a failure, I felt that God had failed me, um, I felt it was God's fault that I'd got into the mess and I was blaming God, he hadn't got me out of it and so I stopped going to church. and. I returned to my old carnal self. I was abusive to my wife. I was swearing and cursing. I, um, I was in a bad way. And I just thought, I'm finished with church. I'm finished with God. I'm finished with my family. I'm going to leave my wife. Um, I was on medication for the stress and anxiety. That affected my mind. I was a real cod case. And I told my wife, I'm leaving, I'm going off to Coobapedia or up into the territory, dig opals, or just get out of here. Um, so you and the kids can come with me if you want, but if not, I'm leaving you. And my wife just said, well, you can leave if you want to, but I'm staying in church. Me and the kids are staying. And um, I was planning to leave. And then one morning I went out and my father-in-law had given my wife a tile from Robert Shuler with sayings on it. And on this tile, I'm getting a drink of water in my PJs and it said, don't look at what you've lost, look at what you've got left. 
And I said to God, what have I got left? I've got nothing left. My life is a wreck. I'm a mess. Everything, I'm a failure. Everything has gone down the toilet. I've had enough. What have I got left? And then I just heard this still, small voice. And it said, the voice said, you have a wife who just loves you. And you have three children who adore you. And you have eyes to see the beautiful world that I have made. And then my mind went to my very good friend who lost his sight at 11 years of age but went on to become a lawyer just by listening to tapes and memorising um, his university lectures. And he said, and you have arms to hug and hands to pat your kids on the head. And then my mind went to the office girl in my place of employment in SA Dental and she had a little hand here and a few fingers, two or three fingers here. Oh. And I just started to cry. And, I got, and then I heard God say, you've got legs to walk you. Walk yourself to, to places where you know, people are in need and you can share my love with them. Well, after God finished with me, I was in tears and I just said, God, forgive me. You know, and the saying came into my mind and I believe it was God, don't look at what you've lost. Look at what you've got left. Oh, sorry, that was on the tile. And so... I believe God arranged for that tile to be there, for my father-in-law to give it to my wife, to stick it on the wall, for me to see in this terrible time of need. Don't look at what you've lost, look at what you've got left. So, could I encourage you, when disappointment strikes, get a piece of paper and make a list of things you can be grateful for, especially the goodness of God in your life. Oh my goodness, I've run out of time. Okay, I'm going to jump a bit. Um, so, last point. When disappointment is overwhelming, you need to practice the presence of God. So, how do you practice the presence of God? Well, one of the ways is you can commence by remembering that He is always with you, He's never left you, He's present, He's there at that very moment with you and in you. I had a period of devastating disappointments in 1995-96. In 1990, Robin and I started the Murray Bridge Christian Family Centre Church. I poured everything into seeing the church grow and succeed. Um, my finances, my life. Um, you know, but it seemed as determined as I was to see it grow... There were other forces and circumstances more determined to see it fail. And I was attacked. I just can't believe how I was attacked with untrue gossip of being immoral, uh, running off with women. I was accused of all sorts of selfish motives, of being on an ego trip, a power trip, a greed trip. Uh, people who Robin and I had done everything to help and even taken into our hearts and into our homes at times. 
lied about us because we challenged their immoral behaviour, um, the pressure of planting a church and having congregational conflict. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And criticism. It just had a devastating effect on our lives and on our marriage. And then two of the church leaders attempted to have me removed from the lead pastor position because I was struggling with life and with my marriage and um, I was in some ways a little bit dysfunctional and made some mistakes. And these two men were my very good friends and one was my best friend for years who came from um, a Seaton Christian Family Centre to help me plant the church. And they were good, genuine, God-loving Christian men who believed they were acting in the best interest of the church. But my disappointment with them, with my best friends, overwhelmed me. And I suffered an emotional breakdown. You know, um, it was just really a tough, tough, tough time. And uh, Pastor Will Vasilakis called myself and those two board members together for a meeting with him. And uh, of course he's the CRC National Chairman. And Bill said to them, you know, Ray is a crack vessel, a bent stick like we all are. He said, but he has been called as the leader. He's an anointed leader. And your role is to cover his weakness and protect him and pray for him. And you haven't done that. And they resigned and uh, left the church. And the church was about 120 people at the time and 60 out of the 120 people left. And again, I was disappointed. I was devastated. And I was so emotionally devastated, I couldn't walk for two or three days. And so a two of the pastors, sorry, a pastor and a board member, they came over to my house one day on the Saturday and they carried me. They picked me up, carried me to the car, laid me in the back seat. And then my wife and these um, board member and, and pastor, uh, lady pastor, they took me to a strawberry farm where you can pick a basket full of strawberries for $2 or something like that. Anyway, they carried me and they laid me in the furrow in between the strawberries. You couldn't see me. I'd vanished. You know, the strawberry plants are this high and I'm in the furrow and I'm lying there, sun shining down and I'm picking strawberries off around me and eating these strawberries. And once they got their basket of strawberries, it came, they picked me up, they carried me, carried me back to the car. And um, in my disappointment, I said, God, I don't have to put up with this. In fact, I'm going home. I'm going back to Adelaide. I'm going back to Christian Family Centre Church. I I don't have to put up with this. I've had enough. This is just cruel. This is just disappointing. And then God reminded me of the 60 faithful people. And I said, God, I can't leave them. I can't desert the sheep, the lambs. I can't do it. God, what can I do? 
And then I remembered I had my little promise book. And in my little promise book, it's getting a bit worn and beaten now, and all the promises have been transferred now to my iPhone many years ago. But my little promise book. And I just thought, I'm going to start reading God's promises in my little promise book. And I, I got out of bed onto my knees and I started to, to, um, to read them out loud. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And um, there's all these wonderful little promises. Uh, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know? Um, but remember, the Lord your God, it's he who gives you the ability. And so I'm reading these, and as I'm reading them out loud, I'm getting stronger. And then I got on my feet. And then I struggled down to the lounge. And then I just walked around the lounge speaking out these promises. There's dozens and dozens of them. And the more I spoke God's promises, the stronger I got. And so, as I, as I began to pray and praise those verses out loud, it resulted in my um, entering into the powerful presence of God. I entered into the powerful presence of God, and I entered onto the powerful path of faith. And I got up on the Sunday, and I preached the powerful sermon. And one of our pastors, Bob Klusky, said to me, Ray, uh, that was a miracle this morning. He said, I wouldn't have even known what you've been through. No one would even know what you've been through. He said, you know, God has strengthened you and anointed you and, you know, your sharing this morning was a miracle. Well, in less than 12 months, the church growth exploded from 60 to 160, maybe even 180, and has never stopped its wonderful um, progress. So some of you might be going through a disappointment right now, and some may be facing a conflict in a relationship that's ripped your insides out. Um, maybe you don't know what your next step is in your career or your finances, or... You're facing some kind of health situation. What do you do when you face days of overwhelming disappointment? Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. For all who fear God and trust him are blessed beyond expression. When darkness overtakes him, light will come bursting in. Such a man woman will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. He doesn't fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen, for he has settled in his mind that God will take care of him. Now I'm going to have to jump. Um, I just want to say that when you feel the most abandoned, it's at that very moment that God is closest to you. Psalm 34 verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So he never abandons you. He's still with you. He's aware and he cares. So, no matter how difficult your life's journey, you can always count your blessings, past, present and future. In closing, I would like to help you to remember the keys 
for defeating disappointment. And it's IDP. Your ID is developing God through praise, praising and praying God's promises, IDP. So godly identity, who you are in Christ, living in the power of, of, of your godly identity comes from IDP. If that's the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm a blessed man or woman. I D. Don't look at what you've lost. Look at what you've got left. And pray and praise the promises of God's word and his presence will come on your life and empower you. Let's pray. Father God, disappointment is a part of life. None of us will ever avoid disappointments in life. But Father, I thank you through this story of Jehoshaphat that we have seen keys that can put us on a path of victory, on a path of life as we handle the disappointments through our godly identity. Father, I just thank you that you have provided us with your love, with your power, with your grace, with your incredible promises that lead us into life, no matter how difficult the circumstances. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. And.